0: You are listening to The Wannabe Collective, your new variety podcast featuring every fandom that you could possibly think of. On The Wannabe Collective, all wannabes are welcome. Hello, salutations, welcome everyone to the show. You are listening to The Wannabe Collective. Uh, We have a good show for you tonight. We are going through Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. And uh, I am very, very excited to be accompanied by my fellow co-hosts as well as a guest for this episode. Uh, We have one Aaron McCoy joining us and we will get to him in just a second. But as always, I am joined by Caleb Henley and uh, usually Mikey Collins if he uh, decides not to dip out, you know, and uh, actually be a part of the show. So, uh, you know, God rest, uh, Rex and Ryan souls tonight because, you know, they're no longer with us, but, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe next time, maybe, you know, we'll see what happens, but, uh, Caleb, how you feeling, bro?
1: I'm excited. Um, actually about this one, it's going to be a fun podcast. Plus, uh, one of my best friends is getting to join us on the show and I'm pretty stoked about that. It's going to be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's funny how whenever you try and like make plans to podcast and, you know, whenever someone I was racking my brain, I was like, God, I really want a fourth for this show, you know, and then Aaron was like, it was like almost immediately, you know, it's almost like he belongs already. So, uh, just to prep you all, I am having some technical difficulties tonight. So if I, you know, dip out or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll rejoin as I can, but Caleb will definitely pick up the slack should, um, You know, should I have to take a leave of absence? I listened to an episode drop
1: out as he just did at that moment where he's talking about dropping out. Mikey, how are things going for you, bro? (laughs) What are the
2: chances? (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. I'm doing good. How you been?
1: Oh, so good. This is going to be a fun one. I can already tell. Um, We'll go ahead and apologize, but not really apologize for Gabe. Um, He'll probably be with us for about 25% of the show tonight, everybody. Um, and we'll go to Aaron. Aaron, how are things going for you?
3: Things are going pretty good. Yeah. Super stoked to be here. Kind of been talking about it for a while. Good to make it happen. Cool.
0: Cool. cool. Yeah. Watch Gabe, it. How are, are things you? going for you, <laughs> man? It's, it's uh, not great. I am not doing well over here. Um, this is like the third time I've dipped this, this time, but yeah, like I was saying before, you know, like being able to have Aaron join us is really awesome and it hopefully it's not the last time. So uh, did you already throw it over to Mikey? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Mikey just said, you know, he's doing fine. Um, maybe we should uh, change topics. You know, that way we, we it doesn't get jinxed. And I, you know, hopefully I can dip out at the right times. So, um, Aaron, we're gonna actually gonna start with you tonight. We're gonna we're gonna mosey back on over to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your Star Wars uh, fandom? You know, what what kind of fan are you?
3: Hmm. I'm probably a very unconventional Star Wars fan because. Growing up, my mom would always tell us, me and my brothers, that Star Wars is not a real place, you know. We would just talk about it, the characters, like they were, you know, people across the road, you know. But um, I think that's also a detriment because, like, I'm now just watching Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels. Because, like, for me, Star Wars was episodes four, five, and six. So, that's, that's like, for me, that's Star Wars. And... You know, I've always been all about the original trilogy. So here we are, expanding the horizons and kind of delving deeper into what Star Wars is.
0: That's beautiful. You, it's like you belong here, Aaron. Welcome. <laughs> You're welcome here. <laughs> That's, That's cool. I'll, I'll be definitely be interested to hear what you have to say about uh, this movie. You know, Attack of the Clones, I think, is widely widely regarded as being like the most hated it feels like you know um it's either this one or the last jedi you know some people say they like this one better than the last jedi so it'll be interesting to see what our thoughts are tonight i went into this with a very um new perspective it's crazy how much you know the animated series kind of changes your views as we're re-watching the series and you're kind of starting to see uh, how it all fits together and um yeah i'm excited to definitely have your thoughts Aaron. so for real though, welcome uh is there anything that you've been doing uh, you know usually we do like a catch-up session you know a little bit between all of us of what we've been up to and stuff like that so is there anything remarkable that you'd like to you know start with
3: um i mean like i get to do some cool stuff for work i um i work in drones uab's and aviation so you know kind of like real world techie cool things um we've been super busy seems like after COVID. All the industry's picking up, so we get get to work with a lot of cool companies. I think so far this year we've worked with Red Bull, Facebook, SpaceX, just all in the last couple months. So, you know, it keeps me busy during the day.
0: Wow, you're you're it's it's this crazy thing. Like, you get cool people on a show like this, and it just so happens that they know a lot of cool people that do really cool and interesting things. So, thank you for sharing that with us. You know. I, I, I will definitely be asking you more about your drone. You know, we were talking a little bit off mic. I just bought one. So you have to tell me all the ins and outs about that. But um, Caleb, let's throw it over to you, man. What have you been up
1: to? Um, not much. I actually just got back from a three week long trip. I'm finally getting to see a little bit of family, got to see Emily's family in Michigan and then, Uh, actually just coming back from Missouri where I got to spend some time with uh, Gabe and Emma and uh, my family. So yeah, just been trying to kind of catch back up on things since then. Um, Catching back up on some episodes of like Bad Batch and uh, Loki, which enjoying both of those so far. Those are both been pretty cool. Um, And that's basically it. I mean, just kind of same old, same old other than that.
0: Yes, Caleb, we did hang out. That did happen and we played golf and it was great. It was glorious. I had a great time and um yeah, it was uh, it was great to be able to hang out in person and you know, play some games and just, you know, chill with the fam. So. Uh Mikey, what have you been up to? Uh
2: just playing the sweet sweet PlayStation 5 mostly. That and I would like to say working, but I really haven't been having a lot of work lately. So I've been able to dive deep into the gaming industry, <laughs> but yeah, we yeah, other than that, not a whole lot as usual, cause I'm a boring person, but yeah.
0: Um, Mikey, I don't agree with your like boring person take because you actually have some of the strangest takes out of any person I've ever met. Like, I I feel like I'll have you pegged like on any type of subject and then you completely, you totally redeem yourself. Like you completely blow me out of the water with what you're going to say. I can never predict what you're going to say. So it's always fun, but yeah, we've been uh, obviously doing some episodes of game club, um, you know, and I I I can't wait to, you know, do more episodes of game club with PS five games. That'll be awesome. Then it'll feel more like an actual club. Like, Oh, I have a PS five too. Like, I wonder what these guys think, you know, see what happens. So Um, as far as me, I guess it's my turn. I haven't been up to anything too crazy. I've been working, um, you know, just making videos. I've, I've taken, it's been almost a month. It's been a little over a month, actually, since I've posted anything to the YouTube, to my YouTube channel personally. Um, and it's been a nice break to kind of like reevaluate, kind of compartmentalize. Um, we did ax a couple of projects over here. Wannabe music reviews in podcast form is no longer a thing, just in case you missed that memo. So hot takes will remain uh, as as a video which is, you know, that I love doing that, eating the spicy peppers and collaborating with other creators to get their takes on music and stuff like that. Um, But as far as like individual music reviews, those are going bye-bye. So, but, and also we had announced a a Star Wars RPG podcast at one point in time. uh, But unfortunately that is officially delayed uh, indefinitely um, until further notice. So just, you know, sometimes you get ideas and life just gets in the way, but We do have uh, a couple one thing that we added. Um, You can mosey on over to the wannabe critic podcast. I had been relatively quiet about what would happen over there on that podcast feed. Um, And it it is going to continue to have content there. Solo content from me and uh, as well as one other podcast, uh, which we are calling Punch Counterpunch. This is going to be our uh, the goal is to have it monthly our monthly reaction to the previous month's news, things that we find noteworthy, uh, things that we find interesting. And um, basically, you know, it will be in podcast form over there on that podcast feed, but we're also going to do, we're going to view it as like a mini series uh, of videos. So each video will be posted over on the one, or over on the wannabe critics channel, which is in the description down below. And that'll be posted throughout the month. So you can either view it, you know, you can either get our takes in um, webisode form or you can sit through the entire podcast. It's your choice, but it's a nice steady stream of content for an entire month. And uh, I kind of like the name Punch Counter Punch. It's like, you know, a counter comes whenever you least expect it, uh, even if it's too late. You know what I mean? For us and in, in, in true wannabe fashion, like, <laughs> You know, delivering uh a month old news, you know, as it continues. Uh, it seems like the best thing, but you gotta think about it, you know. You know, you know what I mean? That's kind of the goal, like really diving into the thoughts of what we think. And uh I think Mikey described it best. He said it's like nerd therapy. So um definitely go check that out. And that's me and Ethan Maestri, by the way, who has officially joined uh, the wannabe family. So good times, also some sad times, cutting some stuff out, but definitely go check that out. So Well, I don't want to drag this out any farther or any longer than we have to. Um, Let's just get right into the review of Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. I almost call it Clone Wars like every time, but I I, I caught myself. I might have done it in the beginning, but I caught myself. Uh, Mikey, I think you have the synopsis for us, if I am not mistaken. Um, Mm -hmm. So why don't you go ahead and read that for us?
2: Wait, you want the synopsis or do you want the crawl? Well,
0: the crawl. Yeah, I mean the crawl like we did last time. Gotcha. In a world. No. (laughs) There
2: is unrest in the Galaxy Senate. Several thousand solar systems have declared their intentions to leave the Republic. This separatist movement, under the leadership of the mysterious Count Dooku, has made it difficult for the limited number of Jedi Knights to maintain peace and order in the galaxy. Senator Amidala, the former Queen of Naboo, Is returning to the Galactic Senate to vote on the critical issue of creating an army of the Republic to assist the overwhelmed Jedi.
0: Thank you, Mikey. That was great. No mistakes or anything. Proud of you. Um. So, what's the pulse for uh, Attack of the Clones, Caleb? Do you like this movie?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh. Um, that's a really tough question. Like, it's okay to watch sometimes. Um, and sometimes it's the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah, it just kind of depends where you're at in life at the moment. Um, it's, it's okay, I guess. Kind of along the same lines with Phantom Menace. If you don't think too, too hard about it, it's not too unbearable. Um, and there's some good parts of the movie, I guess. But yeah, that's kind of
0: where I'm at. Okay. Uh, Mikey.
2: Uh, I like the second half of this movie. Can I say that? No. <laughs> As a
0: whole? <laughs> yes. Wow, okay. I mean it, shockingly. Yeah, okay. Alright. Alright. Uh Aaron. I'll, Aaron, do you like this movie? Yeah. I
3: do. I mean, it's not like my favorite movie, but I really don't have a lot of the issues with it that a lot of people do like I I think when you look at them as a big picture all three you know know, original and then you go into the like one two three they're not as bad as people make them out to be I I can sit and watch one for sure not all three at the same time but I'll watch one
0: yeah I I wanted to ask like what's what's kind of your is that kind of how you feel about the prequels as a whole like they're just they're they're fine like they're just okay type thing
3: yeah i mean there's really nothing special um you know i there's there's parts of each movie that i really like you know the padres like you have to be kind of lame to not think that's awesome you know or like attack of the clones like her giant chrome spaceship like is that a little extra yes but is is it what we wanted yes you know um bounty hunters you know bottom level coruscant you know there's a lot of cool things that if you just take them like that, it's a good movie.
0: Okay, well said. I I, I can definitely appreciate that for sure. Um I, I like that you mentioned bottom level Coruscant because I've always thought that was a really a really cool, you know, atmosphere to be a part of. Um if you had asked me, it's kind of one of those things, man, like with Phantom Menace, if you had asked me two years ago, two or three years ago, the last time we reviewed these movies, if I liked this movie, I would, I think my words verbatim were I will never watch this movie again. Um, kind of in the same line of, uh, you know, with Phantom Menace. Um, I found myself liking the positive things more and being less bothered by the cringy things just because I knew it was kind of coming. Um but we'll get into that. So I, I will say, uh, you know how I feel about decimals, so I can't say I think it's fine. But I will say that I I like this movie, you know, to some degree. So there's that. All right. Let's get into uh, the positives. Of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you wrote into to us at the wannabe collective, your thoughts would have been heard. Or if you replied to our tweet where we tried to get what you thought of the, the movie, um, you know, you would your your thoughts will be read at the end of the show so definitely be on the lookout for those whenever we have those tweets because we read them all you know unless we have like 100 or something so but also since ryan couldn't be here he sent in his thoughts and uh we will definitely read those along with it so all right caleb why don't you kick us off what are the things you really like about this movie
1: um so i really like the part where uh Um, Padme and Anakin are in the field on Naboo and Anakin's riding one of those weird cow things and he falls off and he gets trampled. It's one of my favorite parts in the movie. Um, (laughs) no, uh, for real, I, um, Aaron actually already commented on a couple of my, my favorite parts. Um, love that kind of opening with the, uh, Naboo ships like the Naboo Starfighters, which are one of my favorite ships in all of Star Wars. And I wish they got more screen time than what they actually get. They're just really cool, really well-designed ships that really stand out. And the whole kind of bombing, it's really cool. I love the uh, underworld and the chase sequence. And they're in the club with the bounty hunter. And all of that is really well done. Um, I I mean, I like when the clones show up. That's really cool. And I like the... uh, you know, scene with the animals attacking Obi-Wan and Anakin and Padme, um, actually, like, it's pretty good and climatic. And, yeah, I like all of that. And, yeah, I guess
2: I'll leave it at that for now.
0: All right, Mikey, what's kind of your positive takes on this movie?
2: My positive takes? um, Well, I mean, who doesn't li- love, like, a really good, like, 30 Jedis just going for it with, like, hundreds of droids. That's pretty awesome. I mean, you don't see that often in this, like, even this whole franchise. You don't see that many Jedi fighting together at the same time. It's pretty cool. And then just, like, the imagery of some – like, the – the scene where it's just the clones, like the first fights that you see him just in that dust storm and all those lasers are going past them. That was really cool. Like I, I forgot that was in this movie. Um, there was just a lot of a cooler things at the, towards the end of the movie, like Yoda absorbing lightning. That's always cool. Like there's so many battle moments that are really awesome in this movie, but then there's other things that I don't like.
0: Much to learn, you still have.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But and Dooku I I really liked Dooku when I was a like a kid. I thought that was a really cool character. After this watch, I I thought that was gonna be a positive thing, but I I, he's kinda not no pun intended, but grown old a little on me. I don't like his character as much as I used to. Well he's dead now, Mikey, so I know. And I'm not knocking the guy's like like acting ability, but I just you know, I don't know. After watching don't the Clone Wars ever, and all
0: that, don't you ever talk bad about freaking what's his real, what's his real name? What's his face? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the guy from he's he's uh, Saruman the Wise in Lord of the Rings. Don't you ever talk bad about him? Um, <laughs> what is his name though? Actually, I can't remember. Someone's gonna be like, someone's in like someone's listening in their car, like, how dare you? Like you know, like yelling, <laughs> 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 like yelling. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that,
2: I, I, I kind of, oh, okay, Christopher Lee, uh, I'm just gonna keep going, um, I kind of, since Gabe's not here, this the perfect time, in defense of Anakin and Padme, I feel like they're both decent actors, but I hate them together. Like every moment that they're in, I'm like, oh, she's has her emotion is intense, and his is totally flat. It's like they're acting different scenes, you know.
3: This this brings up a good point of is George Lucas and crew are they action like western space? Or are they, like, rom-com writers, yeah. you know? Yeah. I feel like it's it's too much of a mix of genre that they tried to put into, like, a love aspect of the story. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely
1: not their strong suit to be writing this romance, which, for, you know, is kind of essential to the story of Star Wars, since they're trying to figure out who in the world uh, Luke and Leia's parents are. But, yeah, it just is not well-written. At all, they should have brought like uh, what's the guy John Hughes in to just write all of that or something. John Hughes, the
2: sixteen candles <laughs> guy. guy? Did,
1: yeah, and Breakfast Club, and well, would, I guess that's more of coming okay. of age. But yeah, that would work. Wasn't that George? Isn't right. that Lucas'
2: friend? Yeah, aren't they friends? I think. Are they friends? I, I think.
1: If they are, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be even more mad that that's not something that happened because that probably could have made this a little better. <laughs>
3: uh, not you know. yet. We were we were just trash talking about the love relationship of Anakin and Padme behind your back.
0: Wow, I would say I'm I'm gone for five seconds. maybe have already switched to the negatives. All right. I well, I is. was
2: I started in defense of it, but then it just kind of went downhill.
0: <laughs> Wait, you were? I think, wouldn't allow it. You were okay. Thank you, Caleb. I'm, I'm sure it'll yeah. be. It, it's kind. Of, it, it's kind of a treat for me, honestly, because now I, I'll, I'll I'll like look forward to what I missed while I was gone for those few seconds. So. Is there any now positives? Like eight eight
2: sections to look forward to. Yeah,
0: it'll be fine. That's what happened last time for Phantom. So it's whatever. Did it? Oh yeah. Dude, it was horrible. That took me four hours to edit. It was horrible. Holy. I started editing at like ten and I think I ended it at like one, but until I get this internet fixed, <laughs> that's just the name of the game. So Yeah. Um Aaron, what are your positive takes?
3: Positive takes. I think I'm starting to appreciate more that, like, what the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, you know, this this was kind of a blip in the trilogy's radar, and then, like, in the bigger Skywalker saga, but what this has laid the groundwork for, you know, the clones, you know, you have the Separatists, the Republic, this whole, like, feud before the original saga feud, and i've really appreciated how this has like i said it's been like a blip in the movies you know clone wars it's talked about even in episode four but here we are we have so much more to delve into i think kind of similar vein i'm a very like visuals like what does this movie like do for me like what like where does it put me like where does this transport me The whole like kind of retro art deco style of Geonosis, I I thought that was really cool. And they kind of had like these sort of almost, you know, vintage American retro space like circles and, you know, like the legs on the walker, you know, the spaceships. It was kind of all of it together was kind of a cool take on creating a whole new side of Star Wars that we hadn't seen before.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I don't think I'd ever really appreciated Gianosh um, Geonosia, whatever you want to call it, uh, until probably this watch through. And I was like, you know what, that's actually a pretty cool planet. Um and the, you know, the inhabitants there are pretty cool as well. So and just to kind of like their whole background, uh, you know, kind of working on the Death Star plans and stuff like that. I just it's it's pretty rad, you know, kind of seeing that come together. Was there anything else positives wise before we uh, got to the negatives and I can, I have several positives suppose, uh, you know, surprisingly go ahead, Aaron,
3: the memes, we need to like, this could be its own segment, but like the fact that there's, you know, one and a half memes per one minute of movie, like, you know, like where would star Wars culture be if it wasn't for like hundreds and hundreds of memes?
0: Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. Like that newest one right now, the um, like the something, something it's like Anakin and Padme going back and forth. Like you're going to do this for the thing. better, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's it's hilarious. Uh, Caleb, did you it's really, to say it's yeah, um,
1: those, I love that meme so much i also there's a there's a video that i think it's from like an outtake of like obi-wan and he's like in the speeder and he's just like dancing like he has this like like just flowing hair and locks and he's just like the happiest man in the world And it every time i see it it makes me laugh but uh one of the other things i love um slave one in this uh too like uh i, I love kamino but that chase two between slave one and obi-wan and the seismic charges which are still probably like one of my favorite weapons in all of star Wars. And when I saw them brought back in the Mandalorian, um, I about um, crapped my pants. It was, I love those things. And I, I love that part of this movie too. It's, it's really cool.
0: Nice. Yeah. I, I was thinking, I was like, got the sound that makes like the, wow you know, just so rad, even though there's no sound in space. So no, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it is, it is really cool. And it was so cool to see that brought back in the Mandalorian. Mikey, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, on what positives
2: you were saying?
0: Oh, no, not really. All right. I, I didn't No, not yet. Okay. Yeah. I'll right. get into it. I would say I have, I have several here. So first things first, I like that, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin is kind of can like their chemistry is pretty consistent. And even though like, this is kind of the precedent that's set in episodes two and three, which uh, you know goes on to make Clone Wars make more sense and like their relationship make more sense. Um, I thought it worked really well here, and I think it's cool that they were able to create you know stuff after that to make that relationship feel better in this movie. So I just appreciate that across the board. It's just nice and consistent. It's nice and full circle. It's totally consistent. Um, I think this movie is much better looking than the first movie. Uh, you know, just in terms of like CGI and stuff like that. Um, you know, like that scene, whenever Obi-Wan, he's like holding on to the thing and, you know, he's like soaring over Coruscant. And uh, I thought that looked pretty cool, especially for the time that it came out in. Um, I like how they make pointed attempts to make the political intrigue and, you know, the political plays from Palpatine make more sense. Um, you know, for, for example, like him establishing, you know, kind of like establishing the tendrils with, with Anakin very early on um you know he you can towards the beginning he's like you can see him continuing to groom him you know and stuff like that uh as well as whenever he's talking to his associate um in front of jar jar binks and he's like oh if only you know if only someone would speak up if only a senator would speak up um that kind of validates jar jar's position at that point because you see that palpatine has things set up in the republic like, I think I finally figured out like what Jar Jar's place is in the Senate. And like, he's there basically representing <laughs> the intelligence of everybody, you know, because whenever whenever he does his thing and he's like recommending, I'll get to you in a second, Aaron. Um, whenever he's doing his thing and, you know, recommending that immediate power should be given over to Chancellor Palpatine and stuff like that, everyone's like booming in applause. Um, I think that's kind of like, showing where the Republic is at, you know, like that, because they're, they're evidently agreeing with them. So it's like almost Jar Jar's kind of the mouthpiece for everybody. Uh, Aaron first, then Caleb, since he raised his hand first, go ahead.
3: I I just wanted to say that of all the avenues I expected you to take validation for Jar Jar was definitely not even an option. Like that's, that's a pretty wild take on that movie, but I I see I see where you're coming from, but I love
2: it. Go ahead, Caleb.
1: <laughs> so, what you're saying is that one of the dumbest characters in all of Star Wars is just reflecting how dumb the entire Senate was in that moment, right? Yes. Well, yeah, I think I think that works, but yeah, it's is like man, thinking Jar Jar ruined everything and, and had a kind of integral uh piece in creating the Galactic Empire um, because yeah, he was able to create the clones that eventually turned on the Jedi, and yeah, it's kind of wild and crazy that yeah things fell into place to where the Chancellor could. Very easily um, corrupt and uh, persuade one of the dumber
0: characters in all of Star Wars. It literally hit still, me like it hit me like a bolt of lightning. Sorry, Aaron, go ahead.
3: Oh, I was just going to say, still a better character than Rey Skywalker, Palpatine, Imposter Girl, but that's for a different show.
1: We can't go a Star
0: Wars episode <laughs> without bringing her up. We really can't. <laughs> It's going to happen. I just accepted it. No, it it did. It hit me like a bolt of lightning this time, though, because I I was watching it pretty intently. And I don't know if I've never noticed that scene before or if it's just like they added that scene in for the Disney Plus version. But I had never remembered that. And then it kind of hit me all at once. I was like, that's kind of genius to use Jar Jar in that way. Um, And it's even more genius to imply that Palpatine is the one that kind of made put all that into motion and like made all of that happen. And we have like a, you know, a, a tangible manifestation of of what he wanted to happen and watching Jar Jar be manipulated that way makes sense. So yeah, it's like we found redemption in a way for Jar Jar Binks um, who I have gone on and on, you know, but yeah, I can't believe I'm vouching for Jar Jar here. It's kind of crazy. I
1: don't think that's, I don't think that's redeeming though. He was just being, dumb Jar Jar and he did a dumb thing. And yeah, like, I don't know, you don't have Bail Organa like out there like doing that. It's Jar Jar. Like he took the dumb one, the like weakest member of the Senate who's not even supposed to be there. The only reason he's there is because Padme is like life is in danger. I don't think it's redeeming for him at all. I just think it's like kind of crazy that the rest of the Senate went along with it because they're under the guise of Palpatine or whatever yeah and
0: I, I'm sorry I think it was it was it was more of a thing of like not Jar Jar being redeemed as a character but at least he had a purpose and like what everything that was happening had made sense it's like okay if Jar Jar is going to be in the senate I guess it's it's it makes sense for him to be used as you know a tool as you said to bring down the, the republic you know um so but no I, I do feel bad for Jar Jar but um anyways I'm gonna move on to my next point so oh yeah and uh, kind of going along with Palpatine's you know kind of having his effect on Anakin and kind of uh, establishing that do you know that that opposition from Obi-Wan immediately you know he's like oh he's just you know like he's just uh, another politician you know you don't want to get wrapped up in him but also in that moment they were able to kind of show the Jedi are clueless they're not even thinking about Palpatine they're not even like giving it a second thought that he might be the one you know, manipulating everything. And there's a few sneaky scenes here. Where I was like, wow, they showed you right there, 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 and there, you know, and they did an even better job of kind of, uh, you know, showcasing the Jedi's Moxie, um, you know, and kind of their pride in this movie. Uh, I really like the music a lot in this movie. I do think, you know, kind of going back to my last point, um, you know, the irony of the Jedi pride, Yoda's like talking about uh, basically, I can't remember exactly what he said. I, I, I missed it. But essentially, he's talking about himself, you know, and he doesn't even realize it, which, you know, kind of made him look dumb there. But I think that was the intent. Um, and yeah, I think I think the last thing I have wrote down for my prose is just kind of Palpatine. He's used the same tricks over and over again. You know, we see it here. It's kind of a mirror of what we see in the original trilogy whenever he's walking with Vader uh, about what's happening Uh, You know, on the Death Star and stuff like that before the Death Star is even constructed. He's walking down, you know, a big open hangar with Dooku. And it's like, oh, whatever, whatever, you know, tactics he has used over and over and over and over again, haven't failed him, you know, and trying to get on, you know, in someone's good graces. So it just it really speaks to kind of the power that Palpatine has, you know, just as a, you know, he's a true politician. So there you have it. All right, that's all the pros I had. And sorry if I'm kind of speeding it along. I just want to make sure we can kind of try and keep the flow going without, you know, me dipping out. Watch me dip out right then. Um, so I'm going to kick us off with uh, the cons since I'm still here. And then we can kind of go from there because I'm pretty sure we all have, you know, we're going to make quick work of these cons. There's no, re- there's no reason to like just go on for an hour about the things that suck about this movie. Uh, so we already talked about Padman Anakin. Apparently, I wasn't here it's just cringe. I mean, it just, it's so cringy. Uh, it's, you know, <clears throat> Padme's character makes zero sense. Her um, just everything that she does, like all of a sudden she's like, I love you. Like that moment is not earned. Also like this is a young man and you're out here, you know, by the fireplace wearing like, you know, lingerie, basically. I'm like, good God, Anakin. Like, I feel bad for you, bro. You know, like what are you wearing Padme? Um, how uh, how old is Anakin supposed to be in this movie? Yeah, that's a good question. Does anyone know? Is it... What, uh, he says it's young. been years, four Pretty years, eight young. years. Yeah, it hasn't been as long as, as saw you saw think it he would.
2: So just say he's 18?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because
2: he was nine or ten, and he was supposed to be nine or ten, and uh, Phantom, right?
0: Yeah, can someone look that up, actually? That way we can... He is...
2: 19
3: years old. Wow. Okay. In episode okay. two. And 10 Padme years. Is supposed to
1: be like 23 or something like that. Because it takes yeah, place 10 like years, years af- after
3: The Phantom Menace.
0: Wow. That's kind of crazy to think about. I mean, I guess, you Poor know, uh, like Padme hitting on him in the first movie, I guess, you know, is it, not, I mean, that's worse for sure. It's less cringy in this movie. You know, Padme totally like, playing both sides in the mill. Like, I love you. No, I don't. I love you. No, I don't. It's just, it's irritating and cringy and it's rough and coarse and gets everywhere. <laughs> um, it's dude, every time that line happens, I'm like, why? Like it, what was George Lucas thinking whenever that was happening? I just, I, I can't even, I can't even talk about it. Does anyone else want to elaborate on Padme and Anakin? Go ahead, Aaron.
3: Well, that, that was part of the glorious conversation you missed is my thought is George Lucas and crew, as I called him earlier, they—they're—they're they're not rom-com writers. This is definitely out of their wheelhouse. They, 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 you know, it was a little cringy, and I think for good reason. But it makes, for me, it makes it that much better because once again,
0: think of the memes. Think of the memes we've got—the chef's kiss memes, uh, you know, the, at, at their finest. Uh, Caleb, did you have anything you wanted to add to that?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it is. It's just really hard. The only one that I think that tops the I hate sand is Padme right before that. She says, I love the water. It's just every time I hear it it makes me crack up laughing because it's just so cringy and terrible. But yeah, I think to Aaron's point, yeah, it just wasn't well written. I don't necessarily want to criticize the acting um, because I think both of them are fine actors. I think it's more of just the direction and the writing that they were given And of course, like we know too that, like, you know, being a Naboo, like Padme is supposed to have this, like, very, I don't know, weird air about her that we saw in the first movie, too, which just doesn't add anything to it. And then Anakin's just the worst. Um, But I don't think it's on the actors. I think it's on the writing and the direction. Um, And that's the other thing. It just makes me sad. And I went over this last time we went over these movies was that it's just like, I want, I want Anakin and then Darth Vader to be a more relatable and redeemable character. And it's just like in this movie, I just don't feel like he isn't because he goes and he murders all of the sand people and all of this stuff. And he's just dealing with his emotions and the entire time he's just not likable at all. Like there's no part of Anakin that really makes he's cocky. He's arrogant. He's, charges Count Dooku because he's just being stupid. He's like basically like sexually harassing Padme from the moment that he sees her. It's just it's really rough to like watch. And uh, I just I just don't understand why we couldn't have a more relatable and redeemable character that would make it more powerful when he turns back and helps Luke in the end, because that's what I want. But we definitely don't get that in this movie.
0: Yeah, I feel like all those moments are found like within Clone Wars for sure. You know? I agree. And it's yeah, like, I agree. Don't have anything in in the movies, and yeah, I, it's funny. I mean, it's not funny. Like sexual harassment, obviously, is not funny. But like literally, it's just bad directed sexual harassment. Because he's like, she's like, "Don't talk to me that way. It makes me uncomfortable." And he's like, "Sir, your Majesty," and he goes, he's like, eh. like you know, like giving her like the smoldering look. It's like, what? Like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, I no, yeah, it's it's not. It's not great. So, um, go ahead, Mikey. I,
2: I, part of me wonders is if because he, maybe it's part of him coming into the, the, the Jedi organization so late, maybe that's partially why I think maybe what he was going for with Anakin's like awkward weirdness with Padme. Because he did know her before he was ever a Jedi. So I feel like that's why he's... It's so weird because he was kind of in the beginning stages of becoming like a normal kid in that universe. But now since he was already developing in that where he grew up, he's basically having to suppress all that. So I get what they were going for. And I think that's why it comes across so awkward is because he still is that kid basically. He never got to go past that. Sorry, Caleb, go ahead. No, I I totally agree with
1: that, too. I just I, I wish that there was a little bit more of an explanation as to why he's this way, because he just comes off as such a jerk and uh, without really much of an explanation. Because, yeah, the last time we as an audience see him, he's just a kid on the boo. and uh, like he's supposed to be a lovable character that you root for. And he blew up that, you know, droid, you know, control ship and all this stuff. And now he's just like this total jerk of a teenage kid. And I guess unless you're like, you know, a parent who has a teenager and you're like, oh, yeah, that's how teenagers are. They're the worst. Like, that's not fun for anybody. It's just really weird. And uh yeah, I just I don't get why they couldn't got at least gotten a little bit of an explanation. Like maybe something happened while him and Obi-Wan were together that, made him that way. Or we see like where Obi-Wan treats him a certain way that causes him to be that. But every time we like Obi-Wan's pretty patient and understanding with him, like throughout this whole movie, it's not like he's being an abusive trainer or anything. It's just, it's weird to try to piece together how he became how he is. It's just really weird.
0: Yeah. And I think the only, you know, the only thing that I could say to that, and it's not really as explicit or, you know, on the nose is, we do see a very distinct kind of pushback from Anakin at the very beginning of this movie. Like, you know, he's arguing with, uh, Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan's basically, he's not being a, you know, a douche to him or anything like that. He's just like, you'll learn your place, you know, as he should, he's, you know, he's Anakin's trainer, you know, he's Anakin's master. That's how it should be. And I think that they missed an opportunity to kind of showcase, you know, had Anakin, maybe it's been more tantrum-y because he's kind of calm and collected and He just takes his discipline and whatever, but had he kind of been like, you know, Kylo Ren a little bit in that moment um, it could have been somewhat of an indicator because he does the same thing again uh, you know to Padme later whenever they're you know she's talking to those you know officials and things like that and he you see him kind of like bull up for a second and you know give her sass or whatever but yeah I mean there's just not a whole lot of showing us you know they're, they're, they're not really showing us or telling us that hey these are the indicators as to why Anakin is is behaving this way. So yeah, no, I totally agree with what Caleb was saying for sure. Um, did I miss someone's hand? I, I feel like I missed somebody. Go ahead, Mikey.
2: Sometimes I, I think about this story and how kind of impossible um, this role is for Hayden Christensen um, because – it's not like the Han Solo situation where he was literally taking up somebody's role. It was almost like people grew up watching the original trilogy and they saw Phantom Menace as him as a kid. And then they expected this grand-like story, kind of like what we're wishing they did. But in reality, doesn't most people's like teenage years, like aren't they awful and awkward and weird? Like, I'm not... I. I I don't I don't agree that they're a good like um couple or anything like that or like that they're the best actors for the roles. But if if they were going for awkwardness, which is how I like to think they were what they were doing, they nailed it, you know? As, as like some weird teenagers and I don't think people were expecting that and I don't think that's what was intended, but if you look at it at that way, I feel like it they nailed it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know? I-
2: I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. But to my point
1: earlier, where I was talking about John Hughes movies. It's like the teenagers in that movie, those types of movies like Ferris Bueller's Day Off or The Breakfast Club or whatever, Sixteen Candles, whatever. Like they can be awkward and have their awkwardness, but they're not so cringeworthy to watch and so bad that you don't even want to root for them. It's just that's kind of the thing. It's like these ones are just kind of irredeemable for some reason. They're just like such to a level of extreme and awkwardness and cringiness and all of this stuff that it's really hard to get back on and root for them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I think too like you, you bring up a good point, Caleb with like John Hughes movies and stuff like that. And to me personally, I think whenever you're, there's a big difference between trying to sell, you know, like Ferris Bueller's day off and sell star Wars and stuff too, obviously. But you should be looking at those types of relationships found in those movies because whenever they have their kiss moment in the archway going out to the arena and she's like, I love you. Like part of me has been dying since like, I saw you blah, blah, blah. There's nothing in that performance. There's no, there's no indicators there that she's feeling that way, you know? And it's just weird. It is just weird. It is a weird, awkward, like you can cut the air with the knife. Like it is just so awkward. Um. Oh, go ahead, Mikey.
2: I just realized this. Every romance in Star Wars, like the movies, they're all awkward. Every single one of them. Is George so, Lucas married?
0: As we say, I was like, this is what happens when well, he got divorced. <laughs> this is what happens. So maybe when, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is what happens whenever a nerd tries to write a romance. You know, um, I just don't know that it. <laughs> ends pretty uh but i, I don't know all, all those things aside we obviously we don't want like i said we don't want to spend an hour hating on this romance aaron were you defending the padme and anakin you know whatnots or was that you that was you mikey okay okay aaron's like no hard pass i like, wasn't, wasn't
2: defending me. it but i was i was just trying to see try to put myself in their shoes and see where they're coming from but it, it's still weird
0: no his
3: his his actual words were in their defense so i think he was
2: defending i was defending Oh,
0: shots fired mikey has met his match ladies and gentlemen uh okay well we're gonna move on unless anyone else i I think ryan had. we'll read ryan's thoughts here in a bit oh um you know about how he about how he felt we'll just kind of like you know rattle them all off um i'm still on my cons just so you know so i'm gonna i'm gonna all these off really fast uh Oh, I thought these were all positives. <laughs> <laughs> kind of going back into the Padme and um, Anakin thing just a little bit. It's just bad acting. Um, I think there's some pretty bad performances here in this movie. Ewan McGregor does the best job. Uh, Jango Fett's, you know, I almost call him Jango Fett's kid. Boba Fett, I just don't see, like, it, it's, he's a kid. I get it. I, I, I don't, I, you know, being a child actor would probably be, like, the worst thing ever, but – um I don't know, he, I just don't really buy Boba Fett in this movie. It feels kind of forced. Um okay, I have a plot a plot thing. This is my last con. And it, it's one of those things where it just kind of feels like it's just too perfect of a per, too perfect of a situation and I wish we would have some clarity. So when Anakin finds Shmi um Does anyone else think that that's just kind of weird whenever, like, he finds her and then she dies immediately after he finds her? The Force drew them
1: together for that last final moment, Gabe. Okay.
3: I was gonna say, wasn't there some clarification in some, like, probably non-canalogical book or source where it was, like, essentially that... It definitely feels like there there probably is. Her willpower, and then, like, the Force and him trying to find her. I feel like... I could be making this up, but I feel like there was like some explanation as to that.
2: I think that's, there's a comic about the moment leading up to when he finds her. Like, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the name, but yeah, I'm pretty sure there is.
0: Okay. Well, I was just curious. I, I it just, it, I don't know. It, to me, it just, is like, man, this just feels a little too perfect. You know, the moment he finds her, she dies. So, but whatever, you know, whatever. It's just, it's, that's, uh, you know, kind of, that's my last one. All right. So everyone said, or I, I said my cons, <laughs> Um you know what? We're going to, we're going to throw it to Caleb. Caleb, what's uh, what are your biggest problems with this movie? Um, I wish that we knew a little bit more about
1: why the separatists were separating, um, beforehand. Cause we're kind of just thrown into it with the crawl. Like I, I mean, we saw the first movie in the trade Federation and Naboo, but like, what else has led to them wanting to separate other than, you know, just like we need some and like adversary. I wish there was a little bit more explained there because I don't think we get a whole lot of explanation as to why they want to separate. And that's kind of some of the more interesting stuff in the Clone Wars. That I like is seeing kind of how the separatists work and what they want and stuff. And, but we don't really get that in this movie. Um, another thing. So there's this video that, <laughs> I love and it's about the assassination attempt on Padme and I think it just kind of demonstrates just kind of how s- stupid it is where it's like, you know, Palpatine wants to kill Padme, but he doesn't want to do it himself. So he asks Count Dooku to kill Padme but he doesn't want to do it himself. So he hires Jango Fett, Fett to kill Padme, but he doesn't want to do it himself. So he <laughs> hires some bounty hunter to kill Padme, but she doesn't want to do it himself. So she sends a robot to kill Padme, but he doesn't want to do it himself. So that robot sends worms to kill Padme. And then, of course, it doesn't work. But it's just like this weird like chain of like nobody wanting to just take a sniper rifle and snipe Padme <laughs> for whatever reason that it gives us the scene where... Basically, Anakin storms Padme's bedroom and ends up like kind of staring at her. Like, you have to, like, Padme doesn't know what just happened. She just wakes up, and all that she sees is like Anakin, like, standing over her with a lightsaber in the middle of the night. He's having all, no idea what like, just happened.
0: You know, yeah, no, I, that is it, a, yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, and, and I think the other thing I, I'll just mention is this movie is really long. It's two and a half hours long, which I think that would make it one of the longer Star Wars movies. And we don't really get the main action in this movie until the very, very end. I'm pretty sure until like past the two hour mark. I mean, we get like the fight between Jango and Obi-Wan and the you know chase through Coruscant, but that's kind of like it. So it's just kind of um, really kind of slow going and slow moving and just it's a long movie i agree well said caleb
0: um mikey let's throw it to you
2: so in phantom menace there's that whole field fight scene and it's not great cgi but the rest of the movie actually has pretty decent, decent cgi you know why does phantom menace have better cgi than this movie Everything except the Clone Wars looked so bad. Is that just me? Go ahead.
3: I I I don't know the specifics and maybe some somebody somewhere is going to tell me I'm completely wrong. But wasn't this one of the first movies that marked a like stark contrast between like the old way of making movies and digital production of movies? Like wasn't this one of those key movies? You know, and I I think that was kind of the the downfall, especially between this one and Episode Three, was they were trying to highlight the technology more than the Mm -hmm. story. But you know, don't don't quote me on that. But I'm almost positive this was one of those movies that marked the change from like essentially film format to digital.
2: Yeah, I mean that makes sense because the 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 full digital parts, like where the clone like the clones and all that, that all looked really great. But, like, one scene that really stood out to me was the, um, the, where they're making the robots and, like, he got his arm stuck in the stamper and all that. All that looked so bad. It was so bad. And you would think that would be the most easy thing to, you know, do. But I'm not, I'm also not a, a tech guy. So I, I don't know how hard that is. But, man. And I don't know. That just really got me. And then. Am I the only person that hates the Padawan hair? Like, why it's is terrible. That thing? It's terrible. It's so bad. Why do you make people do that? I mean, I hate. I- that is my biggest, one of my b- bigger things with Anakin. Because I'm like, if you just had like normal hair, maybe you wouldn't be so weird. But he has that little rat tail, and every single emotional scene, I'm like, ah, God, what? <laughs> What's up, Mikey? Will?
1: It's so funny you say that because literally my last thought watching this movie was you get you get that scene where Padme and Anakin are getting married and Anakin's yep. rocking the rat tail and oh I'm just like gosh. sitting there thinking like George Lucas you didn't have to do that like why yeah. is that a thing why why did this and I thought about it for like five minutes of
2: like why is that a thing that exists like why <laughs> like how in
1: the world did we get to this because so they, bad
2: yeah because they I know Obi Wan had it in the Phantom Menace but. Anakin's already an unconventional Padawan. He doesn't have to do that as well, you know? And I, I don't know, that just, uh, just the clothing choices and several things like that. But, and also I kind of want to defend the, the thing that you didn't like about uh, uh, Dooku not going to assassinate or, or Jango not going to assassinate. Because if either of them had done it, the story wouldn't have been the same. So, plot is the defense of that. I world. mean, yeah,
1: it's true. It's how we ended up with a two and a half hour long movie. But, like, yeah. But, it's still, also, still it's sense. just funny to dissect. A, yeah, it uh, really is. Like, that's ridiculous.
3: Sniper blast from a rooftop would create the same sense of, like, what's happening.
2: Right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh,
2: I, um, man, I, I don't have a set list come back to me i'm sure i'll come up with something else this is all you but, get
0: this is your only chance this is all you get
2: man no i'm just kidding we'll come we'll come, we'll come back having, we'll come
0: back to you aaron why don't you i'm sure you i'm, I'm sure overload, you have sorry. yeah i'm sure you have uh you know guns loaded so go for it there you go
3: I, I don't know if guns loaded is the right question i think my take on my cons of this movie are very different than the rest of what's been fielded so far um we've been talking about bounty hunters so why don't we start there like, bounty hunters were kind of like the OG, like, cool people of Star Wars, right? You know, you had Boba Fett, Dengar, IG-88, you know, all of those guys. And they, they had limited screen time, but, you know, for a long time we were stuck with the comics, you know, the books. And they, these, these guys played a huge part. Boba Fett mandalorian whether he's actually a mandalorian or not is a different discussion but like he's one of my favorite bounty hunters so obviously we see our first tastes of him here but you know with the whole jango fett you know his father the clones that was a really cool interpretation on the whole thing and the lady bounty hunter zam or whatever her name was like if you kind of get into the lore and the legends of it like she was supposed to have been a very powerful bounty hunter. She was kind of supposed to have been, like, cat Bane, Like, ultra powerful. Like, the fact that she could shapeshift for long periods of time. Like, she was supposed to have had, like, unmatched skill, like, in the Claudite people. You know, like, ultra skillful. And then she ends up bleeding out on the floor, like, two minutes after you loop her, after a failed assassination attempt. Like that was really disappointing when you kind of look at like bounty hunters are supposed to be the really cool people and she had an important job. She didn't do it. And Oh yeah, she's dead. So I I think, you know, that was kind of disappointing, you know, that was not very well handled in my opinion, but I think it's not necessarily tailored to this movie, but a lot of different movies in the star Wars realm, if you look to the original trilogy why are they so awesome or like relatable or why do they feel like star wars well it's because george lucas went and filmed in real places and it was all practical you know like tunisia for the dunes and you know they went and actually went out to the snow and then like with the episodes one two and three we're kind of getting back into like what mikey was saying the digital world and they've kind of gone a little too far in the other direction. And now all of a sudden we have no ties. We have nothing to reference. We don't know what's happening. So I, I think it's not specific to this movie, but, you know, I've always compared it to like Magnum P.I., the TV show with Tom Selleck. It was a terrible show, but it was awesome because of like the people, like the, the camaraderie between the main characters Everybody could relate to that, no matter what crazy, weird Nazi thing was happening in the 80s with Magnum P.I. There I'm, there were Nazis in Magnum P.I. Or there were Russians. They were something. But anyway, same thing with Star Wars. You get launched into this world, but you can also relate to it because it's grounded in your reality. And then here. There's, n- there's Nazis
2: in Star Wars?
3: No, not not in Star Wars, but in Magnum oh. P.I. <laughs> There, there is an argument to be said about some certain Skywalker movies
0: about Nazis,
3: but once again, yeah. that's, that's where yeah, I can already yeah, we're <laughs> not doing the Nazi, no. we're
0: not doing the Nazi talk on anything Star Wars. Not Nazis didn't exist it, in Star Wars. Go ahead, sorry. Exactly.
3: No, no Nazis. It was merely allegorical. Um, no, but so I, I think that's kind of my takeaway from these movies as far as cons is we went from a trilogy that was ultra grounded in reality and like we could relate to it even though it was like super different you know like it, there was enough familiarity that we we knew what was happening and then in these newer star wars movies all of a sudden it's like we're on the same types of worlds it's like oh it's a desert planet Ooh, it's like you know water but like there's nothing familiar about it so that makes you have to like establish characters you have to establish like locations you have to establish timelines i I think that's part of the reason why these movies are so confusing is because instead of having a key element that you already subconsciously know you're having to figure it all out um and i think that's why the mandalorian is wildly popular because it feels like star wars because you know dave filoni he's, he's figured it out He's, he's like, I mean, he's figured it out. And then, what's his name? Doug, I can't think of his last name, starts with a C. He's one of the main guys that's working on The Mandalorian as well. He basically said in an interview that they had a third the time, half the budget of, like, a feature-length Star Wars film, but they had to produce twice the amount of content. But yet it still feels more amazing because they did practical effects. They, like, rooted it into, like, realities that we know, like, common elements So I I think that's my biggest con is this, these movies almost don't feel like star Wars. You could have interpreted the whole movie with different characters and different names. And it might've made just as much sense.
0: I think that's a good take, honestly, because you had alluded to like the effects and CGI and stuff being too try hard. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that kind of speaks for itself for sure. Like I said, I, Mikey was saying that the CGI is better in phantom I think there are definitely bad scenes in this movie for sure, like you mentioned the factory and stuff like that. But I do think that there was a lot of like, you know, things done that made it look, and it, for for a lot of it, um, better. But uh, scenes that did that were unnecessary looked bad. Like the the factory scene is just dumb, like it's just stupid, and and it looks like it does look like crap. So, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, but, no, I like that take, Aaron. That's a, I think that's a great con. Like, somehow you ended up complimenting the movie. I don't know how you did that. Uh, is there anything else con-wise from you? Um,
3: Not really. I mean, it's kind of everything else that's been said. Like, cheesy acting, cheesy dialogue. And that's a shame because they had good actors. They honestly did. And they managed to somehow overshadow potential acting greatness with – horrible writing it's not even acting because i mean you know working in the film world years ago like you can have the best actors but horrible writing and it doesn't make a difference you know um I, i think character development is something that i really look at when i watch movies like and there's not a lot of it here and like caleb said like this is anakin stinking skywalker like you know this is like the dude of dudes for star wars and we just have a whiny little kid that doesn't really do much besides kill people and that's kind of a shame
0: yeah no that's it's well put and you're not wrong so there you have it mikey do you have anything else you want to add before we uh move on to ryan's thoughts inconsistencies
2: why okay Everybody loves Obi-Wan Kenobi in this this trilogy, in this series, because he Ewan McGregor is awesome, but his character is inconsistent. Like, a big one for me is the Count Dooku fight. That's the most boring fight. Until Yoda shows up, that is the most boring fight. He pretty much destroyed Darth Maul in about five seconds. How come he's struggling with Count Dooku? Mm-hmm. Uh, go for
3: it. Does that mean he's the, like, trilogy's version of Ray Skywalker defeating, like, all of her enemies with no skill or practice? Does that just instantly make him on that level? That, that's, that's a travesty to say.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, he... Because he's doing, like, sweet flips and stuff in Phantom. He's, like, bouncing around the place, but then... I, I wonder if maybe that was to not upstage what Yoda came in and did because, you know, at the beginning of Phantom, when they're sneaking onto that ship and they're like lightning fast in some some shots. I I believe that's something I brought out when we did that review where you can see how fast Jedi are. Why are their fights so slow? Like you see an Anakin at the very beginning of the fight where he like lunges like 30 feet at him. But then it, when Obi-Wan's fighting him he's just like struggling the entire time. I don't get that. I and think I, there
0: is a so and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like a Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Caleb. You go, you go for it.
1: No, it's just that last lightsaber fight. I just it's one of my least favorite lightsaber battles in all of the movies because it just feels so forced and scripted because what they needed was for basically for To They needed to establish that Dooku was, you know, a really powerful Sith so that when Yoda showed up and fought, that they could have an evenly matched fight. And it's just but it's so obvious in the way that they do it where, you know, they have Anakin, you know, run out and instantly get pummeled. And then Obi-Wan has to battle him alone and he ends up not lasting very long. And then Anakin gets back up. And, you know, has those two lightsabers and then loses a limb. It's just like, but it feels so scripted. And it's like, yeah, it just it's like not convincing at all. And then Yoda shows up and does a billion little flips. And you have this and then it's just kind of, to me, a little bit of a letdown that, OK, this is Yoda, the like ultimate, you know, Jedi. And he's just a CGI character flipping around a bunch of times wielding a lightsaber and it's like there's no real like necessarily skill there there's no emotion there there's nothing that really humanizes those characters at all in that moment it's just very forced and scripted and it's just i don't know it doesn't translate very well for me
0: go ahead aaron
3: oh i was just gonna say and it's doubled by the fact that in phantom menace we had probably one of the most legit and amazing choreographed yep. lightsaber yeah. fights of all time. Yep. Like Ray Park, you know, like mm-hmm. amazing. Like the dude is a legend yeah. and it showed. And so then it's like, you kind of lead with that. And then like instantly in the next movie, you're back to this, like, Ooh, lightsaber, lightsaber man. you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it just, it, it, it didn't really like, I don't know. I think we just were expecting more at that point. Cause yeah. we had been given so much more.
2: And, not to nitpick that scene so much, but there's one part. Okay. So Anakin gets his second lightsaber chopped in half, right? And then he feels the need to cut that thing, that pipe open, it shoots a bunch of sparks for some reason. And it just, it looks cool, but when you see it, he's all like, and then. Thirty, I kid you not. It's probably thirty seconds of them just flourishing and not touching sabers. Yes, at all. yes. It's like close-ups of their face. Yes. like it's a movie and from the d- 1970s. I think there's. I I literally listened for it. I was like, okay, I'm I'm waiting for like a hint that they actually touch sabers. I only heard once. It was all. It's like a. But then it's all like, well. I don't get it. Well, there's a cool moment in the next movie in *Revenge of the Sith* where
1: Anakin and Obi Wan are doing the same thing, but it works because there's actual emotion in behind it. Yeah, and you can tell it they're actually like battling. But in this, it's just terrible. Yeah, it just doesn't work.
2: I think a, a critique of what I think would have been cool, and is it to make Dooku look more powerful because he did the same thing? If Dooku would have been kind of like old Obi Wan and more calm and composed less flourishing and anakin's just over there just you know what i mean that would have been cool and it would have been, it been I, then i would have been like oh okay he's don't mess with this guy but he was doing the exact same thing like the, it was over the top and i if they would have yeah, brought it back at that point
0: bit, yeah at that point they're showing you like if it, that's that's a good point because they're showing you you know an uh, anakin's you know his mentality how yeah. his mentality is and but, well and it's you know.
3: it's character development at the sacrifice of story you know like like caleb said it's or i think it was mike i don't remember but they're like they're trying to show you how cool he is but like it doesn't really fit anything else you know it's setting it up for yoda but it's 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 story butchering trying to tell someone how cool someone supposedly is yeah, yeah and that's, and the that's thing is,
0: don't tell me go don't 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 tell me about mm-hmm. it like don't tell me that Anakin's cool. Like, show me, show me he's cool with his actions because everything leading up to that, you know, all of his decisions and stuff like that leading up to that moment, it's it doesn't feel deserved. And I think that's a big problem. And that that whole last fight, um, you know, to, to Mikey's point, like, or to Aaron's point about, you know, the well-choreographed um, mall fight, arguably probably the best fight in history, actually, when you think about it um don't not yeah don't don't go there Mikey. don't go there it's one of the best maybe not the best but it's one of the best don't don't do it don't say obi-wan and anakin i'll kill you all <laughs>
2: <laughs> i wasn't going to i was gonna give props to the new trilogy but i'll, I'll save I, it I, I guess i actually
1: i was going to too that yeah okay. yeah we'll we'll get there i i, I think i think me and mikey are on the same page yeah
0: i think it's one of the best for sure go ahead aaron Oh, I just, my,
3: my thought was, this is exactly highlighting what I kind of said, is, take for example, Cad Bane, Mandalorian, or not Mandalorian, sorry, Bad Batch. He wasn't really in the Clone Wars, but we knew he was a guy, right? Um, in the bad, I mean, to an extent, like, broad strokes. Bad Batch he shows up the western music the western flair like not that like i liked he was western but you instantly knew what he was about like there was no character development you needed like you know cuz he was rude like we already applied like kind of our social stereotypes to him like gunslinger like really cool like on the fly like all those things we already knew what he was about whereas like these characters that we're talking about we're having to like waste valuable time in the story for someone we've never really even seen before and yet we have to respect them we have to know what they're about we have to like establish like social order like you know what i mean like it's kind of what i was saying is it, it's not effective storytelling because like i think Cadbane is a good example cuz like we, we saw him for like a couple seconds in that one episode and we're like i already know what you're about dude like you're going to lay it down and you're bad and then like you know it's just with dooku we had movies of him just floundering and wrecking the story yeah here's this... yeah
0: and i'm sorry mikey i'm i'm going to no, you're i'm right. going to go i it's it, it's frustrating to me because i do think where the phantom menace kind of comes full circle and i enjoyed it a lot more because of the clone wars this movie does not do a thing for me like in terms of like the grander scheme of the story um, these characters just don't feel redeemed, you know, uh, like redeemed is the wrong word deserved, like their decisions do not feel earned, like the things that happened do not feel earned. It just, it, it, you know, kind of like what Aaron was saying, it just feels like a, a way to kind of show off for a lot of it. And, you know, as a casual movie watcher, it's like, okay, fine, whatever, like, it's fine. But like, as a Star Wars fan, you know, and I, I'm trying to approach these movies, like these prequels as not a a hardcore Star Wars fan, you know, um, because I do. I love Star Wars. Like we all love Star Wars. That's why we're here. But it's just, I like how Aaron how Aaron put it. You didn't have to know. Like you don't have to know Cad Bane at all. Like it's just that you know. And I haven't seen that moment yet. But it sounds awesome. Like I haven't seen that part of Bad Spoilers. Batch. Yet. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's fine. Spoilers. It's fine. Um, but like. You don't have to, you could, you could argue the same thing uh, about the Mandalorian though. Like first season, whenever you hear those spurs on the boot, you know, you were like, holy crap. Like, who is that? You know? And then hardcore fans are like, oh my God, that's going to be Boba Fett. Right. And you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting how little subtleties and showing is so much more beneficial than telling but the things they showed us here didn't make any sense like for a lot of these characters like it was just like okay like it just it 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 felt subconsciously inconsistent so yeah no i agree go ahead mikey one more last last con and then you need to wrap it up it's not really a
2: con it's just something with this movie and these these this this part of the trilogy it's just less is more and people love that about the original trilogy and doesn't it's I don't know where that got lost in translation but it's it's like the flourishes it's all flourishes and no like oh that was cool it was like okay what what's going on here you know but yeah I I think
3: the the biggest breath of fresh air like you were just saying was my brother bought me the book the art of the mandalorian and like the first 30 pages are all like interviews or like you know like people who have been involved in it like the artists you know the story and like this is exactly what they've said is mm-hmm. basically that we need to get back to that like less is more because we don't need to show us that star wars is the big galaxy we know it we don't need to show them that like we, we we need to like help bring back that element of we all know what star wars is and while that may not be the most like technological like the flashiest like that doesn't necessarily matter we need to get back to kind of that original thought and, you know, that's, I think, kind of what we've all said in various ways is we we all know what Star Wars is. We all know what it should be. And, you know, we just have to take away from it what we like.
0: I, I like what you're saying. There is this kind of piggybacks on something I was saying with Ethan over on Punch Counter Punch was like, you know, I miss those days where we were all kind of on the same page, you know, and like the fights that we had weren't like as like line drawn in the sand types of arguments they were like little squabbles but we all kind of acknowledge that like (laughs) this is the thing this is the the thing that we all love and like you know like of course of course you're going to consume this thing um because it's there like yeah like you're going to watch it and yeah i mean like it it was all so simple you know i miss i kind of missed. I, I do appreciate that there's variety, but yeah, like the simplicity and a lot of it is kind of missing in a, in a lot of assets, uh, facets, you know, so well said. Well said. This is a good conversation. I love this. Mikey, I hope you didn't have any more cons because we got to cut you off. Um, we're going to go ahead and move this along. Uh, so we come to this, the time period where uh, we're going to read or actually before we do that, does anyone have anything they would have changed? I feel like we we covered a lot of it. But is there, you know, one thing you would have changed? One thing you would have changed about this movie. Caleb, kick us off.
1: I mean, I've already talked about it, so I'll be quick. But yeah, I would have just made Anakin just more like how he is in The Clone Wars. Um, just more relatable, more, more redeemable. There's no reason, because there's a definite character shift between his character in this movie and his character in The Clone Wars, you know, TV show. Um, And all you have to do is just make him a little bit more like that, and it would have been so much so much better and this movie would definitely be bumped up a couple of points you know when we rate it later like very 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 easily
2: completely get rid of uh the scene with anakin and padme on that planet and just give them short spurts of like oh they're like in love but like denying it the whole time and then at the end there are a couple lovebirds and they run away that's a better story than like oh they went to a planet and that was weird what was that (laughs) (laughs) you know just make it subtle less is more that's something i would change
1: also padme doesn't have to hate him from the beginning like she kind of acts like like she doesn't have to like She can kind of, like, have a crush on him, too. It's not the worst thing in the world. And that would take away half the awkwardness right there.
0: Totally. She knows she into him. Yeah, show her flirting back. Like, in the beginning. Like it's not that hard, you know, like she, yeah. geez, she's flirting with him in the first movie quite a bit. Like whenever he's a toddler, why can't she flirt with him? Whenever he's, you know, a stallion at 19, you know what I mean?
2: They literally end the movie with them flirting, like him doing that smart to her. That's the end of Phantom Menace. And then they immediately are like, yeah, she's totally not into you. Like come Pride on. Pride and prejudice over but, here. Good God. Right. <sighs> but that's what I would change. Sorry.
0: Aaron.
3: Um, I, if I could change one thing, I, I'm not wanting to be one of those old people that's like, or like the, you know, but, um, I really disagree with a lot of the ways they developed all the characters. Like I've said before, like Anakin was just a whiny kid that went around murdering people. Um, I, I realized that there were certain steps that needed to be taken. And I, I think it's kind of weird. The dynamic between Anakin and Padme, I just think overall, kind of like it's been said by Caleb. Um, Anakin's character was way more human and way more relatable and like almost lovable in the Clone Wars. And arguably that's the same time period and that's the same person, but it's not the same person. And it made the movies unnecessarily dark. Like I remember like when these movies came out, like my mom was like, yeah, this is a movie that's like not really for kids and it's really not. And whether that has a bearing on... This discussion or not, like I, I think they went from a a high high note that was mostly morally clean to just kind of a really dark, grungy opposite. So, I mean, I essentially say redo the whole movie,
0: but that's just me. Just redo the whole thing. That's what I, need to <laughs> <change>. <laughs> I to agree. Finish. That's my thing too. Is I would just I, it's frustrating because you see glints of goodness here and some of this and some of this movie, and it's frustrating that it's just not even close to you know, vouching for any of the rest of it. It's like, yeah, but at least they're well, no, that kinda sucked too, you know. So very good. I love all of it. Um, let's read uh, you know, Ryan's thoughts since he was kind enough to set to send them in, and then uh, we'll just kinda go from there. He'll give a chance to kind of talk about it. What, Mikey? I gotta pee. You got a pee? Okay. We'll take a pee yeah. break. We'll One take second. a pre-break and then wrap this bad boy up. So Ryan writes in, he says, a few notes just in case you want to use them says, I feel like Ewan McGregor has figured out how to act and do a good job with his character, despite George Lucas's awful direction. As it's clear, George Lucas has no idea how to actually direct actors. Many of the others still suffer, unfortunately. A cool line that he liked was, Jedi business, go back to your drinks, was, you know, that was kind of a cool line in the bar there. Uh he says, this dialogue is still the absolute worst. Anakin and Padme's romantic dialogue is embarrassingly bad. There's, no, there's absolutely no reason for Padme to fall for Anakin. We are given absolutely no reason for that romance to start. They have zero chemistry and there's nothing about him that's really even likable, <laughs> which is what we've been talking about. Um, he says, uh, our ability to use the force is diminished. He says, um, what, and I think that might've been what Yoda, maybe Yoda, either Yoda or Mace Windu said that he says, there's no lead up, no payoff, no reasons, no resolution. He says, this is nothing. And it never comes around again, which he's right. <laughs> um, Anakin, uh, Anakin's dream this is, and I do like this. Cause it's like, if you're going to go, if you're going to go dark, like go full dark, you know, he says, Anakin's dream about being a Jedi and coming back to, f- free all the slaves says they missed a golden opportunity later on that to pay off and i think i did not say this last time um, but this is the thing he would have changed he says when he finally does come back to try and save his mother what should have happened is after she dies he wipes out that clan of tuscan raiders and he should not have stopped there his rampage should have continued into the town where he grew up and where all the slaves he knew were living he could have found all the slave owners and killed them too. So here we see the dark side starting to twist him. And we have a dark, we have dark mirror for fulfillment of that dream. He had as a child because he freed the slaves, but it, he did it with mass murder. So, cause which makes sense. I mean, that would have made sense in the, in the grander scheme of things, because, you know, whenever Anakin is serving Palpatine, they show us this, he's not doing it just to serve Palpatine. He genuinely thinks that he can, he can rule the galaxy. Like he thinks he can overtake Palpatine, and he wants to rule the galaxy with with uh, with Padme. So in his own sick, twisted way, you know he is essentially doing the right thing. He thinks that he is the good guy. So I like that change. I think that would have made sense. I just think it would have been, uh, you know, a hard PG thirteen for sure. <laughs> yeah. Had they done this, I'm imagine being.
1: I'm um, just imagining Anakin killing like Wado and like,
3: Yeah. <laughs> <Jenny>! <laughs> that's that's what they did with the younglings. It's exactly I mean, what they yeah, did. Yeah, it's with true. Younglings. It
0: is true. And I, I think and this is kind of what I went back to last time. It was like I wanted to see they could have had more inklings. Cause, you know, like Star Wars isn't afraid to show parallels, you know, throughout all all of the movies. So it wouldn't have been the most terrible thing to have Something you know, kind of more present here in that movie as well as the next movie. It's like, Oh God. Okay. He killed, he killed everyone in the town he grew up, but good God, he killed kids in the next one. So that takes it even a step further. It kind of shows that progression as he goes. And they, again, they're not telling us they're showing us that progression. Um, But yeah, I just imagine him busting into Wado's, uh, you know, his lair. He'd be like, uh, Andy, did you find me? <laughs> you know, I feel
2: like (laughs) if he would have did that (laughs) I feel like if he would have did that though Obi-Wan would have immediately dropped him as a Padawan and the story would not have continued.
0: He might not have known though because I I think that would have played into... Because at that point you know, Palpatine's influence is kind of there Mm -hmm. right? Palpatine's influence is there and Obi-Wan doesn't pick up on that nor does anyone else at that time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that would have been a good kind of like counter to Obi-Wan's being like, oh, like you're not that attuned to the force. And, you know, Anakin was like, oh, and you are that attuned to the force, you know? So it would have been an even better dig on Obi-Wan. It would have made their fight even better in the third movie had he not even known that he killed all those, you know? And who's to say that Obi-Wan even knows if Anakin killed those all those sand people or not? Um, I don't think it ever confirms whether Obi-Wan does know or not. So
1: well, I don't think he does. I think the only person that knows about that is Padme and uh, Palpatine.
0: So those are Ryan's thoughts.
3: I was going to say we could get into this in a next episode review. But um, speaking of talking about that character development of, you know, knowing the bad things, Padme knew about all the younglings, too. We can get into that later. But she still like was like, "Ooh, I still love you. So I don't think that's necessarily a valid argument because
0: (laughs) that,
3: that was a different person. That scenario happened. And yet we still have the rest of the story. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah no for sure yeah i mean there's there that's the, the these are the types of discussions that i like about star wars is like these character moments you know and like these are the conversations we used to have it's like oh i wish we would have done this differently right um you know so yeah i love that we bring that out all right it's time to read the tweets because this baby is going over an hour and a half we tweet it out and you can uh follow us over on at wbc prod if you want to you get in touch with us, that's one of we critic productions it says we are back at it again tonight with our review of attack of the clones. What is your, and I put attack of the clones with an exclamation point. Cause that's what this is. Attack of the clones exclamation point. What's your take on this movie comment below and we will read it on the show. Ryan Dalton, which we just read his thoughts. He says easily the worst prequel. Okay. Ethan Maestri says I cheered with the crowd when Yoda took up his lightsaber. I cringe to this day whenever Anakin and Padme are on screen together. Sadly, it's the Anakin Padme narrative that jumps to mind when, first when i think of this movie it was poorly done the rest of it was fun uh jim tasty uh and in parentheses brett friend of the he's a he's a good streamer go and check him out he says not the worst star wars movie so i'm assuming he probably thinks that the worst star wars movie is uh, the last jedi or the rise of skywalker um yeah i mean those are all those are all i think pretty you know usual takes across the board um it's the idea of like the worst star Wars movie. This is probably my least favorite one for sure. Um, Which kind of leads us into our review. So um, overall, I think there are decent things about this movie. It's definitely not my favorite and the least like not even close to being even close to my favorite. And it's definitely my least favorite one. Um, But even with that, I think I'm going to give it a, uh, I'll give it, a five out of 10 Um, just right down the middle. I don't hate it. I don't love it. There are things I do like about it. There are things that I noticed this time watching it um, that I had never picked up on before. And again, another example of, I think the clone Wars makes this, you know, makes the prequels more likable um, in a lot of ways. So Caleb, I'm going to throw it to you.
1: Um, Yeah, this is probably my least favorite of all the Star Wars movies, but it's still a Star Wars movie, which means it's definitely not the worst thing in the world by a large margin. So, I'm going to give it a 5, like it's fine. And again, if you can turn your mind off and it sucks when you dissect di- or wow, when you dissect everything about <laughs> like he's losing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> It sucks when you suck. 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 <laughs> no, when you can, when, when you dissect everything that's bad about this movie, it just it makes you just uh loathe it so much. But if you can just turn your mind off, it, it is enjoyable. It has some really good parts. I know for whatever reason, like my wife loves this movie like she thinks it's a great time. And as a kid, uh, Attack of the Clones was probably my favorite Star Wars movie for some inexplicable reason. But yeah, it's it's fine, but just
0: not. Great. (laughs) Well said, Mikey, you go, go, go ahead. And then Aaron, just follow right after him. I,
2: I will never say that I don't like a star Wars movie. I love star Wars, you know, like at the outset of this episode, I said that I like this movie. I do like this movie. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, it's got some action in there. The characters are interesting (laughs) i mean it's entertaining it may not be good entertainment but it's entertaining it it still draws you in because if you love it or you hate it you know but for my score it is definitely my least favorite star wars movie and i'm probably going to give it a little work i'd probably give this a four because my opinion is well my 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 negatives on this movie definitely outweighed my positives you know So I can't give it a right down the middle like with a five because it's just – there's so many things about this movie that are just wrong, you know? So I think four is – it's not harsh, but it's definitely low.
3: (laughs) I I think for me, any Star Wars has like a baseline number. Like I'm more inclined to watch Star Wars than anything else. So like this would at least be like a six in my book. You know, as far as like general movies – but this movie amongst every other star wars movie it's probably about a 4 you know it's it depends on how you rank it but it, it's it's mediocre at best but definitely watchable so it gets some points for that
0: i think about this movie and like you know star wars in a lot of ways kind of set the 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 the, the precedent for you know you have a good setup movie then you have the one that's like, "What are our heroes gonna do?" You know, like the, this should be kind of like a, a climax or kind of a a dark moment, you know, potentially. And then the second one, and they had a and they had plenty of opportunities here to make that happen. And I guess you could say, like, "Oh yeah, the bad the good guys lose at the end because, you know, Anakin gets his arm chopped off, and uh, you know, like Obi Wan almost dies, and you know, the bad guy gets away, and and that is true." I don't care about it at all. Like it doesn't feel impactful in any way. It just feels like it's just kind of floating, you know, it's just floating around, Um, you know, amongst Star Wars movies, but I do appreciate what you said, Aaron, about uh, how there's like a baseline set. Like I would, I would probably rather watch this movie than a lot of other movies. So, you know, it's still a Star Wars movie. Ladies and gentlemen, after a bunch of technical difficult, dif- difficulties, after a bunch of technical difficulties, and uh, almost an hour and forty minutes later, we have made it through our review of uh Star Wars episode two, Attack of the Clones. If you want to have your thoughts uh you know read on the show, if you have anything for us, you can email us at the at gmail.com. You can tweet at us, follow us there. You can uh, watch our prompts, you know, or watch for our tweets where we're gonna be asking for your opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, if you can, if you want to get in touch with just me or other people here, you can follow us directly as well. Aaron, I hope you had a good time for your first, uh, you know, episode here on the wannabe collective. I really appreciate you. You know, Aaron just kind of jumped in last minute. He was like, yeah, man, like I'm down and we'll definitely have you on for future episodes. So thank you so much for joining.
3: Yeah, it was fun. Want to do it again sometime soon.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's going to happen. And make sure you tell your wife, thank you for giving your time. You know, that should be hers. So. Caleb, do you want people to be able to find you?
1: Uh, Sure. So you can follow me at ChiefNNY18 on Twitter
0: if you want to. Okay. And uh, Mikey, you don't want to find Mikey. You can, just, you can just email us if you want to get in touch with Mikey. He doesn't do social media. There you go. All right. Well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for preparing yourselves for a plethora of hot takes and potentially unpopular opinions. We will see you next time for Revenge of the Sith, which is next week. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Adios.
3: Goodbye. Have a good one
0: hello whatever possessed you to check out any of the content that you saw today i just want to say thank you so much for doing so if you check the description down below you'll see that there's a variety of different projects that i'm associated with this is wannabe critic productions after all so i just wanted to say if you enjoyed what you saw today consider giving some of those other projects a chance as well there's a lot of stuff that uh, i'm a part of that i you know that that i do if you were here for me or for someone else that you saw today um again just thank you for checking it out and uh, i hope to see you again but until time i'm gabriel fast and i'll always be the wannabe critic